Hey, welcome to the Default Live podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're regular, welcome back. All right. Last episode of the year of 2020. We made it. We have made it. Can't believe there's only one week left. I know. Well, we've only been recording for the last you know, three months or whatever it is, but it uh, it seriously has been the longest year. I was, you know, I was preparing a couple notes on like, you know, looking back on the last year and I have, I have this kind of like 2020, you know, re- year in review kind of post I've been, uh, been working on and just overall kind of reflections towards the end of the year. And I honestly couldn't believe it. I was looking back on some of the things that I'd written a while ago. Um, and I was like, wait, what? I did that this year. I was like, I launched, I launched refactoring growth this year in January. And I was like, wow. there's no way that was two years ago at least, but no, yeah. 2020. Anything that happened in January or February of this year feels like it was like five years ago. It, it really does. I, I can't believe it. I mean, I launched swipe files this year. Um, we, my wife and I went on a trip to Italy for our anniversary, like when the pandemic broke out. And that honestly feels like forever ago. Like I can't even, I can't even describe how long ago it feels, but it's, uh, we're here. We, we made it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. I've actually, I've been thinking about doing a, well, last year I did a year in review post and then this year I was, I was kind of leaning towards not doing one. Um, mm. uh, but maybe I should, you said you're working on one. Yeah. I like it personally just cause, um, and I've done them. I just haven't posted them on my, on my blog. I think when I go back and post the last, I think I've done it for three years now. Okay. Um, but I think, I feel like it's a cool kind of forcing function. It's just to like look back and I don't know, kind of wrap up, put a nice bow on the year, even though this year was, you know, not too much fun, <laughs> nothing <laughs> to put a bow on exactly. But, uh, I personally like, it. I don't know if you've seen, um, James Clear's format, but he just does like a, what went well, what didn't go well, and what did you learn? And so you just kind of mm-hmm. like answer those three questions and like bullet form, bullet point form. And it's pretty easy to do it that way and just kind of get your thoughts out instead of trying to, I don't know, write it like an essay, you know? Yeah. That's, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I don't know, we haven't, we didn't talk about it before, but I was thinking it might be fun to not only talk about this last week, like we usually do, but uh, also this last year, just a little bit, just to kind of like, I don't know, maybe that'll give you some of the content you need to write your uh, your 2020 review or not. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Cool. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I've, well, okay. Last week was uh, different, obviously, because of Christmas, but um, I managed to wrap up most things by Wednesday evening and then uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas was completely with family and that was a lot of fun. Saturday spent the whole day watching movies. Um, like literally was just in bed all day. Yesterday didn't do very much on Sunday. And uh, it was a little bit strange like coming sort of like back to work quote unquote today. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a good week. I don't know about you, but how, how was your Christmas? Yeah, uh, Christmas was really good. Uh, similar, I took 
let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. Uh, didn't do any work whatsoever. Didn't open anything. Didn't respond to emails. It was it was pretty nice. It's magical. Been a while since I've done that. Um, <laughs> and yet, when Sunday came around, I the problem is I still see everything that comes through, and so <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, there's people that I need to respond to that have reached out, have questions. Um, and it's so hard for me not to dwell on that, even if you know I'm doing some other activity that's not work-related. Yeah. Uh, just having that in the back of my mind that Sunday afternoon, eventually I was just like, I'm going to feel so much better if I just go and crank all these responses out, uh, get caught up on my inbox, get caught up on everything. Uh, and so I took a couple hours to do that on Sunday mm-hmm. and... Yeah, felt a lot, felt a lot better after that, but <laughs> kind of defeated the whole like no work for. I, I was trying to do all four days, but managed three. Yeah, that's surprising. People, you still had enough messages to like spend a couple hours on that had accumulated from from Wednesday. So basically, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and the day after Christmas, there was two hours worth of messages to respond to. Well, a couple caveats with that. Uh, <laughs> Number one, so from from the prior week, so last week, uh, I ended up launching the, uh, I finally got everything wrapped up with the bundle subscriptions for um, bundling up the boosters, and then also the new advanced pagination booster. Got all of that wrapped up, ready to go. It was December 23rd, and I thought, you know what, if anyone wants to start using it right now. Uh, I'm going to make a, a short announcement and, and get people access um, outside of the people that I'd already recorded their emails and, and sent them the early access email because uh, we previously previously discussed it. So I had a few people messaging me about that all throughout the weekend. Uh, uh, yeah. A few people using it for the first time and just uh, working out the kinks and everything with it. Um, but actually, for the most part, it, it was quite smooth. Uh, probably a bit smoother than most of the the new booster launches, hmm. which has been great. It's always a challenge of, you know, uh, JetBoost has these workflows where it walks you through how to set up the boosters, but a lot of a lot of that instruction ends up coming about through trial and error. Of uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my best to write the the initial instructions, uh, record the initial videos, but until other people start using it and asking questions, uh, you know, I can only refine the instructions from there. And so yeah. the, the very first person that started using it asked two great questions and, you know, I made the changes to the instructions to clarify things. And so that process continued a little bit, um, over the, over the weekend. That makes sense. And, yeah. Just getting caught up on emails from, you know, it was, <laughs> It was a really big push to to get that done. Uh, I really wanted to wrap it up, not only before the end of the year, but also before Christmas time, just because I've had so many people asking for it, and it's always hard to then go into a big break um, with still like unfinished work. Yeah, right there, like the so, 99% mark. Yeah. Right at the tipping point. Yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was a big push. Um, but thankfully got it out there and, and was able to take some time for Christmas to enjoy. 
It's awesome. Yeah, it probably felt yeah. good to just like yeah. wrap that up and sort of leave it. And obviously there's more to come back to, but at least it was like launched. Yeah. Super cool, man. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. That's fun. And I'm I'm sure there's probably a little bit of uh support that was a little bit delayed or lagged too that you probably wanted to catch up on as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep, definitely. So that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple. It's nice to be all caught up with that. That's cool. Yeah, I sort of unintentionally, um, I hadn't really thought about like the Swipe Files community, and um, like what I was going to do. While I, I just hadn't thought about it very much, so I basically I checked out, wasn't looking on Twitter very much, didn't look at email, didn't look at anything else. Um, Christmas Eve and Christmas, and then that whole weekend, and then so I logged in this morning and I looked, and there was like a few messages and. Uh, you know, one of the members, uh, Nelia was like, Merry Christmas, everyone. And I felt bad for like not being there, but also I was like, well, not really because I'm away. Like you, now, you know, that I'm away if I'm really not even checking into the community, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely good to disconnect for a little bit. But isn't that the great thing about community too, is it's, it's not just, it's not you anymore. It's like, it's the whole right. community. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I had kind of thought a while back, like, oh, I think I'll just post on Christmas, you know, Merry Christmas. If you're seeing this, if you are like, get off your phone and you know, something. <laughs> but I didn't even manage to do that. And someone else did. So yeah, yeah, it was great to kind of like, just see that happen. And, um, it sort of not, not be on my hands and yeah, people just post all the time. It, it's great. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I will, the, the only bummer I think uh, that's coming out from this week is I think I may be getting sick and it may even be COVID. We'll see. Oh, no. But uh, my wife's brother got sick the day after Christmas. I started feeling really sick. He's getting tested today, but it sounds like COVID. And uh, my wife and I were with her family, obviously. And um, now we're both feeling a little bit like we're starting to, I kind of like know yeah. when I start to get sick and I'm, I get the certain tone of my voice and then I start to feel kind of fatigued and I get a little bit of a headache and then I started to get like a, a drippy nose and like all those things have been happening today. So I was really bummed because well, I will be bummed if it is, but also I'm like, well, maybe we'll just get it over with. But I was, I was hoping that I would be able to go this whole year without getting sick because I haven't been sick even once. Mm. And, um, but it looks like I may have jinxed myself. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, but it's, it's kind of, bad timing because this this next week now i have like a big long to-do list uh in preparation for the new year and trying to kind of hit the ground running on friday which is the first which is crazy but uh we'll see i don't know plans might change depending on how i feel <laughs> maybe tomorrow yeah yeah well hopefully hopefully you start feeling better and it is not covid yeah hopefully um we'll see i don't really know yeah don't know how we would have but again it's like how do you really know yeah um it could just be lack of sleep or the the kind of the christmas tradition for us is uh we do most of our christmas celebration on christmas eve and then uh, my mother-in-law's birthday is on christmas day and so we don't really celebrate christmas that much we more do sort of her birthday so christmas eve is like we spend the day with my family and then we spend the night like we literally go over to a parent's house at like nine ten o'clock and then we stay until like 3 a.m and then we come back the next day at like noon and then we spend all day and all night with them again 
And so it's, it was kind of, you know, a couple of those nights where like, you know, burning the candle at both ends and eating lots <laughs> of cake and ice cream and chocolate and cookies. And so kind of a perfect storm for just like a cold too. Yeah. Yeah. Your body might just be recovering from that. Yeah. It's now I'm paying for it a little bit, but yeah. Otherwise this week, uh, I can talk through a couple of things and then I can also just talk about, you know, sort of my, my recap pretty briefly for the year. And, uh, I don't know if you want to do the same after that, but I sort of, it's a little bit embarrassing, but, um, I, I need to buy health insurance. <laughs> I haven't yet since I uh, left Barometrics. And, um, you know, I had Cobra for a couple months, but now I actually do need to, and I've been sort of procrastinating. So I'm trying to get that done this week. I've never done it before myself. So if anyone has any like suggestions or recommendations for someone who is newly self-employed, um, healthy male in California, I'm open to any feedback and I've sort of already put out a couple, uh, requests for people. I don't know just what their thoughts are, if they had any recommendations, but that's definitely on the to-do list. And I've been putting that off for quite some time and figured I'd finally get that done. <laughs> um, and really the only other thing is I have like this whole big line to do this, but it's a bunch of like small things is, but the big thing is next Monday I'm planning the fourth, I'm planning on doing a product launch finally and officially. Um, one, I, I sort of like, it came about cause we're going to be launching Savvy Cal on product hunt. Uh, and we were sort of looking at the, the seventh, which is next Thursday. And, um, it had been a while. Like the last thing I launched from product hunt was Hey Marketers. And even then I sort of like botched it a little bit, even though it still turned out pretty well. So I was like, Oh, what if I just do swipe files right before then it'll be like a practice run and I'll just need to do it. And, uh, it's good timing with like this whole near thing and, relaunch with swipe files. And so, so yeah, so this Monday I am, um, I've got the Hunter lined up and getting all the docs together and the strategy and the plan, but, um, it's, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot to plan for. So the fourth will be sort of the big day. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Unless of course I do get sick and don't have COVID <laughs> and can't move or prepare and have to push things back, but I'm, I'm hopeful. We'll see. Do you do the whole, uh, again, as we've discussed, I, I have not launched on Product Hunt before, but from what I hear, it's like you, you stay up at midnight, West Coast time, stay up for a few hours, and I don't really know what you're doing during that time, responding to people, commenting. Yeah, kind of just, um, yeah, staying up till, till midnight. You can schedule it beforehand. You can like have everything ready to go, and then it'll just go live at you know 12.01 Pacific time. Um, but then once it goes live, then you want to like try to get like a early boost of upvotes. And so posting on Twitter, having the email and email go out at least, um, like at midnight so that anyone who does see it will go and, uh, and check it out and then asking people to yeah leave a review, a comment, um, kind of making a ruckus and then, yeah, getting a couple hours of sleep and then getting up and kind of like doing it all over again a little bit of like <laughs> saying another email, scheduling more tweets, um, texting people and posting communities to help you get traction and leave a review, comment and never ask for an upvote, but you know, it's a little bit implied with the other things you ask for. And, um, and yeah, you just try to make a ruckus. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like, just like any, an all excuse to tell people to go to the product town and make a big deal about it. 
Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, there's like a whole plan, you know, like I have like the things that I want to do, but that's, that's sort of the gist of it. Um, I do think it's important to, uh, post at midnight and to have like that early kind of boost of people, especially if you have like friends overseas and, you know, Europe, UK, um, even like, uh, you know, Asia, Australia, just because they're usually up and starting the day or even like halfway through the day by that point. And so, um, getting them to sort of give you that early traction and then for everyone in the U S uh, using your day actually throughout the day to, to get them over there as well. Okay, cool. Well, I'll have to watch for the swipe files product on launch and savvy Cal as well. So I can uh, see what you do for both of those. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely post about um, all of them. Part, part of my, new sort of swipe files initiative on the the thousand true fans experiment is having like a log of experiments that i'm running so i'll have like a full doc on product and then i'll, I'll eventually share things about savvy cal as well and sort of how that went and it'll probably be pretty similar but i'll have a separate sort of uh, roundup for that too mm, i'm super excited for that especially as yeah. i start to do more marketing experiments myself yeah yeah i think it's worth it you know it's like to me it has a like virtually no downside. Like what's the worst that could happen? You sink in, you know, a day's work and then like you don't make the top five or like no one comes to the side and like, okay, boohoo, like you tried and you know, whatever. But it has really great upside of like potentially a lot of signups, potentially a lot of traffic, potentially a lot of people who, you know, will share with other people down the road and or, you know, be interested or discover you even through product hunt later. So I always tell people, I mean, it's good to do eventually. I don't recommend it as like the first thing that you do. Like that was the first thing I did for swipe files or for, um, sorry, for, for hay marketers. I was like, here's this thing. And also it's on product hunt right now. I think it works a lot better if you have something established, if you have an audience, if you have people using it, it's a little bit more refined. Um, cause then it's like kind of more built up potential, uh, that you can, you can cash in on later for product hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I'll have to share all the, uh, next week, I guess will probably be like a live update on how things are going midday. Um, and then the week after it will be the actual kind of recap, but, uh, we'll see. I'm excited to see how things go. Awesome. That'll be cool. Yeah. Um, the only, so I, I'll run through sort of my, my 2020 review really quickly. Yeah. But, uh, well actually, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that at the end, but. I was thinking back and I was just kind of go over like the, the totals just to kind of give you, keep, give people an idea. Um, last year in January was when I launched uh, refactoring growth, which is crazy to think about, but it was in early January. I think it was January like 20th or 22nd. I want to say it was when I like officially launched. I did like a pre-sale before and you know, I was working on it a little bit in December of last year, but January is when I launched it. So that's crazy. Um, Swipe files. I also launched this year. Uh, and I started working on it again in, um, when I first started talking to Sako, it was in early February. And then when we started working on it, it was early March. And then when we launched, it was late April. Um, also crazy, but also really glad, you know, one thing that came out of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, the big one, obviously went out on my own and left, uh, my day job and, um, was able to do that. And so 2020 is the year of making the leap, which has been great. Um, consulting and coaching has gone far and away much better than I ever hoped and dreamed and was, has been much, 
uh, easier and more successful than I originally anticipated. So that's been great. Um, and I, I was looking back through Stripe on the year to date and, uh, I was, I was kind of waiting to do it later in the month anyways, just kind of get like a better idea, but it looks like I will, I will, um, end the year right around the 67,000 mark for all side project related things. So, or now full-time project, but, uh, yeah. Coaching, mentoring, course sales, swipe files, hand marketers. Uh, that's the total for all of them was 67 grand, a little bit over. Um, so that was pretty crazy to see because that's a decent amount of money. I had actually originally, I was a bit ambitious. It's kind of like my big, big, hairy, audacious goal. How's it go? BHAG um, <laughs> was to hit 100,000. Uh, but 2020 being at what it was, it was sort of a whirlwind. But still, I ended up much better than I, you know, I was thinking like, oh, well, if I hit half of that, I'm going to do amazing. But um, 67% to my goal. So that was that was great. I can't complain about that at all. Yeah, that's um, great. Especially considering that you weren't full-time for most of the year. Yeah, three-quarters of the year was not full-time. And I think yeah. even the majority of that happened when I was not full-time anyways also. Uh, so it's not like, you know, since I went full-time, 40 of that, you know, it's probably been the like, about 15 of that since um since I went full time so a lot of that yeah was when I was still part time on it mm-hmm. um what didn't go so well this year <laughs> lots of things but uh 2020 is supposed to be like the year of travel for my wife and I so uh, mm. a lot of that got cut short you know we managed to still we basically I mean, we got out of Italy uh in time but uh we were planning on we had a trip planned to Switzerland to New York to Mexico um, all through like amazing deals that we got and we had to end up getting refunded. So it was kind of a bummer and didn't do nearly as much travel as we'd hoped to. But, um, I also basically did like, I don't know about you, but I basically did like no exercise, which is <laughs> a huge, like I couldn't go to the gym. I walked the dog twice a day, but you know, it's not like real exercise. I love being active and being outdoors and I couldn't play any basketball, couldn't do any hikes, couldn't even like really go to the beach. Um, and especially when in San, San Diego, it's a real bummer. Uh, yeah. the other thing is I've worked a lot this year, uh, with working on the side when I was still at parametrics to now juggling all the different things. Um, this has definitely been, I've worked more than I've wanted to. I'll just <laughs> put it like that. So it's been necessary, but it was still kind of feels like a bummer. Um, the major things that I feel like I learned just to, to recap is um, I really want to get back to focus because I'm like, I thought I was juggling a lot of things before and now I'm juggling even more things between consulting and coaching and products and all these sort of different projects. But focus is definitely a big sort of theme I want to eventually get back to in 2021. Um, one of the other ones was the importance of savings and just like having some sort of safety net. I uh, wouldn't be able to be where I am now if I didn't have some sort of like padding and been super thankful that my wife and I have like very minimal debt. Neither of, us, neither of us have a mortgage or a ginormous car payment. We share a car. Neither of us have student loan debt. We don't have any credit card debt. Uh, and we have a decent amount of savings now. And so it feels like, I mean, if, if either of those side, like we didn't have savings or if we had like all this outstanding kind of pressure financially, there's, de- there's no way I'd be doing what I'm doing now. So, um, 
but it just like hit me. I was like, oh, wow, like this is like a really unique situation. I'm glad that I've been able to, to do this. Um, yeah, that's that's huge for being able to go full time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's basically, yeah, you're you're putting like your whole life on the line if, if you're doing it any other way, basically, mm-hmm. um, which is like scary. And like you hear those stories, of people making it happen. But I don't think we hear nearly as many stories about people who didn't make it happen. You know, it's, there's very much that survivorship bias of like people just shouting from the rooftop about how they how they managed to pull it off when there's far many more who probably haven't or didn't um the one other big theme i think for me has been uh getting in the habit of writing and that writing is really a lot of thinking that's been like something that's just come up over and over and over again especially now that i am trying to become more of a creator and producer rather than like a curator and consumer it's just like the more that you write the more that you can produce the clearer you can think the more productive you can be um so i've really trying to lean lean into that habit and will continue to for 2021 um and i I kind of gave up on new year's resolutions a while back but uh my one i think like real resolution for this next year my one like goal for 2021 is uh well that's the theme of this podcast but it's become default alive strictly on product revenue that's like the one thing for me so that's the goal do that as quickly as possible also the theme behind this whole thousand true fans experiment public experiment thing that i'll be wrapping up for swipe files but once i have that things will be a lot different i think i can i can really uh realize a lot of the things that i want to do this next year yeah yeah i think so well that's me any any questions or comments on that or otherwise i'll i'll turn it over to you uh, I mean, the, the main thought that comes to mind for me is just, you know, we've been talking all throughout this year as you've been launching these different things and working towards, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was just working towards leaving bare metrics and dealing with like, that's a huge leap, leaving your full-time job and dealing with that uncertainty. And, uh, you know, I remember we, we had discussions where, you know, you were trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to replace my, my income from bare metrics? If things like swipe files, you know, products take longer to get off the ground. Which um, they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yet here we are now and you, you're figuring it out. You have figured it out. Uh, and you know, you're just setting yourself up for these, these bigger and bigger goals in 2021, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Actually, I just read um, the mailbrew, one of the mailbrew guys, I want to butcher his name. I feel so bad, but is it Fabrizio? I want to say, um, he's been writing a lot. It was, it's one of the either Francesco or Fabrizio and I apologize guys. Cause I love you both. But if I butchered one of your names, <laughs> which I probably did cause I'm a, anyways, uh, known for that, but he had written a post about, um, I think it was, like 2018 or 2019, they had quit their job to work on their first startup, which I think was Boxy Suite. Um, and then they like managed to get that to like ramen profitability and to the whole Nomad thing. I think that's that's when they moved to Milan. And then and then from there they were like, okay, now we want to like do something bigger. And they started working on uh, Millbrew, and they gave themselves like six months to make it work, um, and they did. But they had Boxy Suite to kind of like 
rely on as like the cash cow just to like stay alive basically. And um, I was like, that's so interesting. Like just like seeing, seeing the timeline and like their kind of like story of like how they got to where they are today versus, you know, where they were like two ish years ago. And um, I hope that I'm following a similar trajectory of like, you know, working something on the side, quit to go full time, like work on it to get one thing to sort of, you know, cash uh, default alive, cash kill, like just be able to like have some support and then like unlock time to work on anything and everything else. Uh, and um, so I'm hoping that uh, within the next couple of months, but anyways, it was just interesting hearing their timeline and trying to see some similarities from myself, but maybe that there's some sort of bias or, uh, uh, you know, psychological rule that probably, you know, is making me do that. But <laughs> anyways, it was interesting reading that. No, I, yeah, I read that same post and uh, I think it's, I think it's really common to build up, like you said, some sort of cash cow, whether that's, uh, for them, it was boxy suite, like a, a SaaS product. Uh, I went through a similar path with, um, leaving my full-time job to do consulting and only do consulting part-time. Um, but on a contract where I was making enough to at least be ramen profitable, uh, and it gave me time to experiment doing other things. And, uh, I think that's, that's a pretty common bootstrapper path. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of the, the stair stepper approach, right? You yeah. productize yourself and then you work on something small, productize, and then you work on something bigger, productize, but it is hard, like making each step, you know, you're like, you're not to where you want to be, but you're like one step closer. And, um, but every step further you get, you know, you get closer to that goal. So hopefully I'm, I'm getting close, I think, but it, yeah, it was, it was cool seeing their journey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to make a reminder to, to link to that in the, in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, those guys are awesome. They, yeah, you're right. They've been writing a lot lately, just sharing, uh, about how they've, what they've done to get to this point. I also saw they had a post sharing the, the different SaaS products that they pay for to run Mailbrew, yeah. uh, which was really interesting and uh, nice shout out to Savvy Cal there, which was cool. It, it actually did drive a considerable amount really? of signups. Yeah, so <laughs> thanks to them as well. Um, it was really cool. Yeah, cause, yeah, I saw that mentioned. Um, it, it made a Hacker News front page and then in the comments, uh, there were people talking about Savvy Cal as well. So I thought, hey, that's good for good for Derek. I know. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, anything else or you want me to try yeah. and get my year review off the top of my head? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as much as you can think, I just sort of did bullet point style, but yeah, I think that's it for me. I, d I didn't want to keep it too long. Just a brief reflection. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, are you, are you planning to share your post or is, are you going to keep it private again? Yeah, I think I'll share it this year. And I think I might cool. go back and share the the old ones too. Um, but uh, hopefully I can get it off the ground by, what is it, Thursday? That's the 31st? Um, yes. So I'm going to tentatively, publicly <laughs> commit to that, but we'll see. Awesome. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I, I don't have anything uh, formally prepared, but I have been 
try, you know, the, the last month has been very much like short-term focused, got to get these features out of the door by the end of the year. Um, so I've been kind of heads down on that. Now that I'm past that, I have been trying to think a little bit longer term, uh, bigger picture. And as part of that, that includes looking back on 2020, uh, even though some of us may not want to, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, on January 1st of 2020, JetBoost was doing $65 in MRR. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And in February, it was around 400 MRR when I decided to uh, go full-time on it. So I, I was working uh, on JetBoost part-time, doing consulting part-time. So that was the first, uh, let's see, four-ish months, five, four or five months of JetBoost. And, you know, in February, it's only 400 MRR. Uh, but I gave my client 30 days notice. Okay. I'm, I'm, it was honestly pretty much a leap of faith. Uh, <laughs> I was just spending so much time on jet boost. I was caring less and less about consulting project that I was working on. Uh, so, you know, it was just better for everybody. If, if we ended up, uh, you know, separating, found a great replacement for them who could focus on that. Uh, and then I went in and focused on jet boost and, of course, giving a 30-day notice in February means I started JetBoost or started working full-time on JetBoost uh, pretty much uh, the day when things started to get real crazy here, like when all the, yeah. the sports leagues started shutting down. And um, it's you know, and and so now fast forward to today, and JetBoost is default alive. It's uh, it's doing enough revenue monthly to support myself, uh, to continue working on it full-time indefinitely to start, uh, working with some contractors part-time like I have been. And, you know, if you had, again, looking back at January 1st, if you had told me that would happen this year, uh, I, I would have been shocked. It, it, it would have, yeah, it, it's great. It would have felt like, you know, like dream come true. Having said that, here we are now, yep. <laughs> and it's, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to appreciate because having gone through all of that to get here, it's at the point now where there's still so much more to do. There's so much more that I want to be able to do for um, the existing JetBoost customers, for the Webflow community, uh, just features that people want. Uh, new boosters, new products, uh, and also a, a very large gap that I've identified um, with JetBoost right now is on the educational side. Uh, mm. So this year has been, again, beginning of this year, there was one JetBoost product, which was the search, the, the collection list search. And in January, we launched the filtering uh refined both of those for several of the next months, improved the onboarding a lot, uh, eventually launched the favoriting booster, the auto archiving booster, and now the advanced pagination. Uh, so the product has grown quite a bit in 2020, but on the education side, uh, it's, <laughs> it has not grown as sufficiently. 
So we've we've got just enough there where people can uh, have enough instruction to be able to successfully set up the products. But there are so many creative ways uh, that customers are using JetBoost that isn't being shared right now. Uh, I, uh, People ask a lot of the same questions as far as, you know, specific use cases. Like I want to use JetBoost for a real estate listing website. How do I do that? Well, you're probably going to want to use these type of filters uh, with maybe this uh, search and auto archiving. And and there's kind of these different playbooks or recipes that Hmm. uh, I'm seeing uh, just from talking to customers but nobody else is getting the the benefit of uh, being able to follow these these similar um, yeah like recipes. Interesting. So yeah, trying to it, just seeing like how much further there there is to go with it. Uh, I think that's that's a part where it's harder for me to <laughs> take a step back and and really appreciate how. Um, the business has grown in 2020, how it's, how it's developed as far as the, the product and all the improvements that we've, uh, released for it. But yeah. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. I don't know. I mean, it, the education side really goes into kind of the marketing side of things as well, right? I basically just, uh, getting the word about, about what you can do, the onboarding side of things. And then, like you said, more just like the scalable, even support almost, right? If people are asking a lot of the same questions and or asking you, hey, how do I go and implement this? If you already had that sort of whipped up or if it lives somewhere, um, that's essentially marketing, right? Just showing people what's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've been thinking too, for me, uh, this year has been certainly a transition from consulting into uh, running a product business And I definitely brought a lot of my consulting experience into the product, which has been both good and bad. (laughs) (laughs) From, from the very beginning, it was, I think it was a good asset as far as, you know, going, uh, the extra mile, the extra 10 miles to, to help get somebody onboarded, to build custom stuff for them. Um, uh, particularly in the early days when the product had a lot more shortcomings, uh, when things mm. were harder to do. And at some point I had to uh, start to wean myself off of that, of of treating every single customer like a client, which I wish I could do. But uh, with the kind of low price point that JetBoost is at, they're just there's going to be too many customers to be able to provide that level of um, consulting service to. Right. Uh, and so I've personally had to figure out, okay, uh, you know, how, how do I scale a product to serve hundreds of customers, thousands mm-hmm. of customers, uh, instead of, you know, how do I deal with two or three consulting clients? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. yeah, that's been a big learning for me this year. Hmm. That is true. Yeah, learning to create things sort of systems at scale. It's definitely a lot different than, like you said, just sort of client relationship, client management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the client experience is great for 
again, providing the, the support to the early adopters, um, managing relationships like that, getting people on board. Uh, but at some point, if you don't grow out of that, it's, it starts to hurt you at least. I definitely saw that this year, especially around like the, you know, September, October timeframe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's when support was at its craziest, right? And that's when you <laughs> went out and changed a few things and created the docs and uh, sort of started to get that off your plate. Yeah, and even just a, a lot of the, I would say, like pseudo consulting work I did was uh, just to make up for things that, that JetBoost couldn't do. Like if someone's like, you know, I got it working on my site, but I really wish I could also do this. Um, and in some, in a lot of cases in the beginning, I would, I, if it was possible, I would just go and write custom code for them for, for free. Um, and yeah, eventually (laughs) it got to the point where that wasn't really scalable or sustainable. Uh, and also, you know, those were great, uh, training grounds for developing new JetBoost features where, if, if there's a custom code snippet that I was giving to a lot of people, mm. could eventually turn that into uh, just a built-in feature in JetBoost. But it's at the point now where if it can't do what you're hoping it can do, then it's probably, it's probably not the right solution then. And I just right. have to be okay with telling someone that. Yeah. So yeah. That, well, that's been a big lesson learned. That's a good place to be in for sure. Um, yeah, we sort of know, know the limits and the boundaries. Yeah. I, I've really enjoyed and, um, uh, I think it's been interesting watching you with like the way that you manage things. Like it's very much, uh, sort of like just in time, which is like, which is like a good thing <laughs> because you don't want to like go and do a bunch of work if it's not necessary. And you also don't want to sort of leave things off for too long and then have it be like this, you know, burning thing that ends up hurting you, uh, later down the road. But you've really sort of like, you know, there's been like a couple phases. It seems like you they've gone through where you're like doing a lot of uh, building and then you're doing a lot of refining. And then, like you said, like September, October, it was like a lot of support and a lot of tweaking with the UX. And, uh, you know, now we're getting over to the pricing side of things and bundling. And, um, and a lot of it's been driven by customers as well, which is, I think is also great because not everyone has very like vocal kind of supportive um, customers who can give feedback. But uh, I know, I mean, I, I could probably list even a whole bunch of your customers who have been like, you know, evangelists almost of like, hey, it'd be great if things work this way or here's a problem mm-hmm. I'm encountering. Or, you know, they've been very receptive. If they have an issue, they'll tell you about it. They're not just going to walk away and cancel. Um, they'll, they'll actually go and say, hey, here's what's wrong or can you help me, right? It's a good thing to have those clients who are like, or those customers who kind of are like clients and that they're like, I want this thing works, but I want it to work this way. Can you make that happen? Cause otherwise you would never know about it. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and don't get me wrong. That has been amazing. And most of the best jet boost features have come out of, uh, talking with customers and hearing their frustrations and hearing the limitations. And, uh, so it's, it's not that that's something that I want to stop doing. Um, but yeah, more just, uh, in certain situations I need to stop myself from 
immediately jumping to mm. like, okay, what JetBoost can do is, uh, you know, at a three and you want something that's at an eight, like it's just too big of a gap for me to try to bridge with uh, writing a whole cu custom implementation for you. Yeah. 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 That yeah, makes a lot of sense. It's cool. I mean, yeah. 2020 was the year for you. It's been awesome. I can't even, yeah, just from $65 MRR to default alive is, um, through the pandemic and basically the exact same timeline as the pandemic is, um, astounding. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I will say you, you mentioned this earlier about how, uh, you know, things like exercise and, uh, kind of more fun activities have fallen by the wayside a little bit and work has been, been a big part of it. I, I totally agree. I've, I've, so partly what's happened for me with the pandemic is, uh, I, I've just kind of defaulted to, okay, all these other activities are off the table, so I'm just going to work. And <laughs> that's been, uh, good from, you know, being able to, to launch a lot of new things and, and be productive this year. And, kind of stay heads down and, and avoid, uh, some of the, uh, just the, the challenges with the pandemic and, you know, missing out on social activities and all of that. Uh, but it's, yeah, looking back on it, it's, pr it's probably not the healthiest thing. It's, you know, it, it would be nice to be able to travel again and, and go out to restaurants and see people and all of that. So, um, Hopefully, hopefully we'll be turning the corner on that soon for next year. I sure hope so. Yeah, the world could use it. We we could all use it. But it's true though. I mean, it, I mean, I feel like it, it's really lent itself to people who want to create and entrepreneurs or just people who, you know, really poured themselves into something because there really was less distractions. You know, there wasn't a. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I couldn't go out to the movies or go out to eat or go hang out with a friend. It was like literally just stuck at home. Like, okay, what am I going to do tonight? <laughs> what am I going to do tomorrow night? Like, well, I think I'll just knock out this thing or I'll work on this thing or I'll write this thing. And, um, yeah, yeah you, you really end up making the, the most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy. It's been a crazy year. Crazy year. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the last, on the last year in 2020? Uh, no, just maybe one quick thought about 2021, yeah. uh, and, and jet boost and, and my plans. Uh, like I said, 2020 for me was figuring out how to go from, uh, consulting to running a product business and it still doesn't, it doesn't fully feel like a business yet. Uh, <laughs> it's still kind of teetering on the brink of like, okay, I've managed to create a product that uh, is sort of a employs me, uh, and is a job that I work at. Um, you know, I've, 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 uh, I've recently started rereading the E-Myth Revisited. Mm. Uh, I, I read it once maybe, oh man, it was so long ago, maybe like 10 plus years ago, uh, when I just, I didn't have enough experience to really take anything away from it at the time. Right. Same. And now that I'm reading it, it's, it's, it's like blowing my mind. It's describing everything that I've gone through in the past year, uh, as far as being someone who, uh, in the book, he calls them technicians, but basically someone who's a creator, 
whether that's you know software developer or a baker or an accountant, someone who has a skill that right. uh, they can execute on, and transforming that into being a business owner uh, is a very rough transition normally for that type of person. Yeah, uh, and I think 2021 for JetBoost needs to grow past just myself and I've started putting the seeds in place for that. Um, but it'll be not only a, a growth opportunity for me, for myself. Um, but I think it'll also ultimately be a better experience for, uh, anyone who uses JetBoost so that they're not relying on me to be the one available all the time. Uh, you know, the, if there's a dedicated support team that knows, uh, Webflow and JetBoost just as well as I do and can actually respond uh, in a more timely fashion and just be dedicated to that. Uh, I think ultimately th- that'll end up being uh, better for the customer and and same with the development side as well. Like now Sarwesh is working on uh, some really exciting new features that would not be getting done if it was just, uh, just myself. So hmm. To, to be able to launch some of those soon is is really exciting and uh, yeah I think for me for 2021 that's that's my big goal there yeah that's fantastic I had um I had just seen uh, gosh I forget who it is I wish I could give him a a shout out but someone was talking about um they they had read or gone through I think it's a book or maybe it's a program or some sort of course but I think it's called um from founder to CEO or founder to CEO or something. And I remember seeing that I'm not even there yet, but it feels like this is sort of where you're on the cusp of is like, there's a huge difference between being sort of like the zero to one and like just getting things done and hustling and producing to like scaling and delegating or like, it's a literally a completely different job and not something that comes as naturally to people. And it really is like a learned, like you have to just, uh, devote yourself to that, right? It doesn't just like happen. Like you have to make it happen. Otherwise you're always stuck in that kind of founder zone of just doing everything yourself and not scaling. And it's more of like the, you know, having a job versus having a business idea. Yeah. And I think oftentimes those end up having to be different people. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, you know, some people would prefer to be the zero to one or maybe zero to 10, um, and then let someone else take it from there. But yeah, it makes me think of uh, Vlad, who's the CEO of Webflow. I mean, he yeah. was one of the founders, one of the three, I think it's three co-founders. Uh, he was writing code in the early versions, and now he's <laughs> you know, managing this uh, company that's raised over $70 million and has hundreds of employees now. So uh yeah, you certainly have to be able to grow and adapt to to be able to do that. Yeah, totally. Especially when the business takes off, like like yeah. Webflow did, where it's just like, right. oh, I have I need to figure this out because otherwise I'm going to, you know, tear this thing down. <laughs> you know, you're going to be the yeah, you have to figure it out for everything. Yeah, you you have to get out of the way basically. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I I think that's definitely a good thing to have top of mind and the appropriate theme for 2021. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Well, what what's the plan this week then <laughs> to, to round out the uh, the short term planning? 
Yeah, so this week actually has a bit more short-term follow-up. So uh, features are all complete, developed, in use. Um, But now I need to update the marketing side of things. So uh, the website needs to have the new uh, advanced pagination product, need to update the pricing page on the public website. Oh, that's right. Uh, And then right like the email announcement and do planning to do the sort of official launch uh next week so just getting everything in place for that this week nice i love it yeah, yeah. gotta make a ruckus <laughs> gotta yeah, make the most of sure. it especially before leaving um, yeah which is still i mean everything's sort of going well it's i think you're sort of aiming for like the second week of january ish right yeah, so my wife is due January twelfth. Um, everything's everything's going well. Yeah, it is crazy. It's uh, <laughs> it's crunch time now. Two more weeks, uh, but I mean, fortunately for me, uh, after after last week, after the twenty third, and having that all out there, having people using it, um, no major issues. It's it's at the point now where I feel very confident in things. Uh, there's not. Never say never, but <laughs> there's there's less likely that there's going to be a, a hair on fire moment yeah. at a critical point in uh, my personal life. So um, I think think we should be good going forward. That's great, man. Well done. You're uh, you're pulling it <laughs> off. It's no easy feat. J- just in time style, as as you there we go. Yeah, <laughs> coined just in time. It. Oh man, that describes me too well. <laughs> Maybe it's just procrastination time, but we'll call it just in time. No, no, yeah. The the positive side of the coin, it's, it's just in time <laughs> for sure. You've done a great job of that. Uh, thank you. Cool, man. Well, anything else top of mind? No, I don't think so. For you? No. Um, not really. It's just kind of crazy. Thinking about the last, last update of 2020. Um, what a year. But uh, looking forward to heading into 2021 now. I will not belabor it. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm really excited about the next year and all the new projects. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to, to get there and be there and get after it. Yeah, awesome. It, se- it seems like next year is shaping up to be, you know, a good year to be starting a new business or growing a business. So uh, it seems like there's a lot of positive energy out there and should be yeah. good. Yeah, a lot of things. It's also just a lot of, I don't know, I feel we, we've both been on the, on the lucky side of things as far as like the trends go as well. Like, you know, no code continues. It, it wasn't a fad. Uh, it was it, it continues to grow and it's getting stronger and stronger and more mature as a community. Um, I've sort of, you know, caught the curtail of that a little bit as well. But also I think I'm catching a little bit more of the, uh, you know, normalizing um, sort of like business education and paying for content and community uh and sort of this whole creator economy and so um it feels it feels good to be on right side of history isn't the right word or phrase but you know to be with it you know to to not be in it's not like we're in remote work which has just been like exploding (laughs) or like Mm -hmm. one level removed a little bit but still Mm -hmm. you know in the right places so yeah it's, it's definitely a good time to to be in in both of these places yeah catching that uh early wave as justin jackson would say yep 
we're riding it. We're just in the, it feels like the early stages, but we're in the wave. Yeah. Actually one, one addition to that. Um, I saw today some stats on, uh, uh, I think it was global CMS usage Mm. and WordPress, uh, in 2020 continues to grow and dominate. It's, it's at, I want to say 38%, uh, of CMS usage. Did you see that? I did see that. I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, they're taking more of the market. But yeah. I, I think the market is just growing so rapidly. It's crazy. And yeah, Webflow it's... is 0. 0.2. <laughs> oh man, which is nice. Which like when you, when you are in the, you know, you're probably in the same bubble on Twitter where it's, uh, you wouldn't think anyone used <laughs> WordPress and everyone used Webflow. And, yeah. Uh, but the the wider reality is, uh, it is a tiny, tiny fraction of the CMS market. Oh, WordPress is huge. I think it might be like the largest um, uh, sort of like not community, but um, like group of people around a tool. I don't know how, mm-hmm. how to. I guess it's, it's a community, but um, you think of like. You know, a lot of people are, a lot of developers are, you know, very involved in like AWS, for example, or um, mm-hmm. a lot of the salespeople are really involved in, you know, Salesforce. Uh, a lot of the marketers are really familiar with like HubSpot, but like for like, uh, you know, CMS, like WordPress is like so dominant and it's so huge. Um, I remember actually talking to, uh, I won't reveal who they are, but one of my new sort of coaching clients uh, is in the WordPress space. And when he was telling me about the number of customers that they have and how long they've been in business and how small they are compared to even other players in the space, I was absolutely mind blown. Like, <laughs> like you in WordPress, you can have hundreds of thousands of customers and still be like the vast minority sort of player <laughs> in the market. Like the incumbents in the WordPress plug-in space will have millions of customers, which is just, I can't even imagine that. It's so wild. Yeah. Even Shopify, they said had 1.5%. Shopify. Yeah. It's another, another huge one. Which, yeah, which you, you would think is huge and WordPress is almost, you know, 20, 30 times that. Right. And they have WooCommerce or they'll have Shopify on top of WordPress and yeah, the whole blogging, you know, affiliate marketing, make money online thing is built basically entirely on WordPress and it's just ginormous. Yeah. Crazy. Well, one other update I uh I thought of, but just wanted to see if you saw um sort of the the Twitter drama around um the Barometrics cancellation flow uh that's been oh, sort no. of going around a little bit. Uh yes, I did see that and I did want to hear your thoughts yeah i figured out you know i didn't really want to like jump into it while it was happening um yeah. also i i literally have nothing to do with it now so it's it's like right. you know who really cares what i have to say but um yeah i found it um uh definitely surprising um i'm i think on both sides like it's a little bit surprising to see that they would do that kind of so early on and abruptly. Um, but it's also been a little bit surprising, like how 
critical people are being about it. Um, just because, uh, well, yeah, anyways, I don't, I don't necessarily, I think that's wrong. I don't like what they're doing, that they're forcing a call to, to be, to cancel. Cause I think it's, uh, I've heard from some of the other barometrics people who I know and trust that there, there is like a reason partially for that, but I think it's still a little bit overblown and there's, it's sort of still an excuse a little bit. Um, uh, I don't think that getting on a call for someone canceling is a bad thing. I just don't think that you should force someone to get on a call uh, and sort of make up this whole elaborate thing about why you have to, when there's, you know, it's really kind of a minor part of the equation. Like just mm-hmm. let someone cancel, decouple, hop on a call or ask to hop on a call for feedback and call it a day. But um, the way they handled it on Hacker News was not very good either. <laughs> that, that's probably the extent of my thoughts. There's not, I mean, there's not much more to, to say about it. Yeah. I, you know, I know nothing about it, and this is totally my opinion, but I feel like part of the reason that the blowback seems so strong is because, to me, it seems like Barometrics was a brand in the space that, you know, other founders were really rooting for and you know liked josh's story and uh trans you know transparentness and openness and um to have it sort of abruptly change directions i think is what's uh causing the the major issues totally yeah i mean if it was like a lot of other SaaS products which are maybe a little bit more like Closed doors, not really sure who's behind, mm-hmm. a little bit more impersonal. You don't know the founder. It'd be like, oh, it's a bummer, but like, okay. But because it's bare metrics, people feel like, no, like, <laughs> kind of get like this <laughs> visceral reaction of rebellion. Yeah. Like, no, you can't take that from us or, you know, you can't yeah. make it this way. It's it's wrong, um, which which I get. But uh, I'm just not, I'm just not exactly sure why. Like I understand the principle of like, you want to, you want to increase the friction a little bit, and you want to get more feedback. It's like the, the number one priority. But I just don't know why you you would do it that way, um, and especially after, I mean, the whole thread was basically about his attempt um, to cancel even after sort of like starting that conversation, and there was a couple points, you know, when I was at Barometrics where, you know, a customer reach out and. Uh, I remember one in particular, they they had been a customer for a few years and they were like a larger customer, um, always kind of vital to product updates and feedback and and ideas and had a good relationship. And they paid annually. Six months in, they decided they wanted to switch to another competitor um, and that they claimed that they hadn't used the product for the last six months and they wanted a refund on the last six months, even though we could clearly see that there were multiple users who had been using it and they were setting goals and segmenting and tracking. You know, it was like, we know that you've been using it, but also like it's been six months. Like there's no policy that's ever going to allow that and make it okay. Like, sure, we can refund you the last month if you want, but like the last six months, especially for an annual contract is a little bit sight unseen, but we did it anyways, because like it's, it's not worth, um, the bad mouthing it's not worth like the twitter mob it's not worth uh it's just not worth it like financially it's it's worth it but like in general it's just not worth it 
And uh, so that's why I kind of felt it was like, really, like after he asked and after he explained and, and the CTO, like I kind of know how those things work and like calling him out for it, still wouldn't budge and even got like a little bit more kind of testy. I was like, ah, it's, that's a missed opportunity, you know, it's just how to go viral the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you start digging in like that, uh, it, it just doesn't end up great for anyone. Yeah. There, one of the things I would always tell people when I was at bare metrics, when they would ask about, um, about retention is I basically always said that like a hey, literally anything you can do, it's always worth it to keep a customer. Like, give them a year off, refund them the last two months. Um, say, sorry, send them a note, like send them a freaking iPad, like do anything to keep a customer. It's pretty much always worth it. Um, and sort of the same goes for customers who wanted to cancel. Like, Hey, it's, it's never worth it to fight with a customer trying to cancel. Like just let it go, just move on, but don't fight with it. Like, even if it's your policy, it's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, unfortunately, DHH has revived it and it's back circling around Twitter <laughs> this week. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know if the saga is over, but uh, interesting lesson for us all. It's a, it feels like once a year there's like something like this where it's like, yeah, don't do that. Like the last one mm -hmm. before this was uh, the drip pricing train change when everyone migrated off a of drip because they double their prices overnight. And, um, so we'll see what 2021s is. <laughs> was that post sale as well? Yep. Yeah. I think it was about yeah. a year after they got acquired. Okay. Yeah. Maybe even longer, maybe even two years, but, um, that was after they had like kind of shifted away from SAS and more into like e-commerce and then they doubled the prices and gave basically like, I think it was like two or three weeks notice. And it was kind of just like, that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to switch, like, do it now. And people were like, what the heck? Like, this is not, <laughs> this isn't fair. So yeah. again, one of those things where then people were like, well, can you get me an extension? And they just wouldn't budge. It's like, why wouldn't you budge? Just do it. Like, it's worth it to keep the customer. Or mm -hmm. like, secretly let people pay less for a while. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, break the rules. But like, don't, don't lose a bunch of customers over it. Yeah. Yeah, Stripe had something like that maybe two months ago where there was hmm. a big blow up uh, on Hacker News because for their Stripe billing product, they charge an extra half percent uh, on the transactions. And hmm. it's regardless of whether or not you're actually using their new um, sort of no code hosted checkout. Right. And a lot of people seem very surprised by that. And I guess when they initially announced the feature, it was uh, like a free add-on. And um, so it's just one of those things where if all of a sudden you're surprised that you're paying more, uh, it's it's never a good uh, uh, never a good response from uh, your customer base. Granted, they they actually you know in typical Stripe fashion, uh, you had. The, the founder in, the, in there in the comment thread uh, responding to people saying it was possible to get an extension on all this. And so right. Uh, right. that was at least a good way to handle it. Yeah, that that's always like, even, you know, I feel like this is one of the things I've learned um, being married is like, even if 
even if you're not wrong, like go the extra mile and apologize. Like it just doesn't matter. Again, it's all about keeping that relationship. And mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter if you break the rules, if you said you made a mistake, if you put the blame on yourself, even if it wasn't your, your fault or if the customer is an email, like the customer is kind of always right. It's uh goes back to that old mantra. Yep. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we wrap it? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in to the last Default Alive episode of 2020. We'll have all the uh, notes and mentions and links in the show notes, and we'll see you next year.